Hockey fans, are you ready to Brave the Wild? With me, your host, Carl Dino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podiman, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Audible, Double Twist. Thank you once and always for downloading and listening to the show. It is a great pleasure to be back on board with you once again today. It's here in the Twin Cities. It's yet another freezer. Back below freezing again. What is it? Nine below at the moment. And I'm recording this. Yeah, it's been an up and down winter, but the Wild have consistently been up. Another undefeated week for the Minnesota Wild, and Kevin Fiala's point streak continues. Doesn't get much better than this. Actually, it does. Yeah, let's uh, let's do this in uh, May and June. Then, then we can get super excited. Because if the Wild are playing anything like this around that time, it's... Uh, What's the uh, we'll we'll be talking about parade routes and stuff like that. That'd be cool. That'd be the next concern rather than uh, at the time. And then maybe after that, we'll worry about the salary cap and who's staying and who's going. But at the same time, I guess we do have to kind of talk about that, especially during the season because we can't help it. It's uh, it's going to always be on our mind. Kevin Fiala, unbelievable hot streak. What a nice week. Was a twelve game point streak now? Nine goals, seven assists during the course of that span. My goodness, Kevin Fiala, a guy who started so slowly at this moment now, is on his way to a career high. He's projected for a career high in points, part of me. He has played in all 82 games. Not gone. Well, it's this is if he, he's played in all 41, part of me. And if he was able to keep that uh, pace at 82, 68 points. There you go. That's a career high. So all this uh, slow start to the season, and man, what a bummer. He's not helping himself, and what a doggone bummer. You know, and it's just he's snake bit, and... Not anymore. And uh, you see how well him and Boldy are playing together. It's incredible. And uh, Kaprizov and Zuccarello continue to be unbelievable. He had Anson Carter last night on TNT, the Chicago game, where the Wild went 5 to nothing on national television. Talking about how those guys don't really need a number one center. Kaprizov and Zuccarello because, well, they would have the puck less and they, would be, they wouldn't make as many plays. Because uh, look at their playmaking skills. It's just unbelievable the way they set up for themselves. Uh, or I mean for each other, pardon me, and for Ryan Hartman. That line just needs to be intact as long as possible. It's been fantastic. Ryan Hartman still on pace for incredible goal totals uh, thanks to that the ESPN stats where you could get the uh, projected uh, numbers right out in front of you. Ryan Hartman, yeah, <laughs> speaking of Ryan Hartman and Kirill Kaprizov, Kirill Kaprizov finally passes Ryan Hartman in total goals on the season, which is kind of funny. He's now at 19. So it, it took a while, but it happened. It happened a little bit before Valentine's Day, Feb the 2nd. Ryan Hartman is on pace for 36 goals on the season, 66 total points. And yes, Kirill, the thrill is for real. <laughs> 53 points in 40 games. We never, we have never had anything like that. Never. Even 42 and 35 is a Kirill. My goodness. Hello, career high. <laughs> Projected. Totals for Kirill the Thrill, 106 points. He's a, He would be a plus 38 if things keep going as they are. 38 goals, 38 goals. I just said it. Yeah, I, absolutely beautiful. Makes you feel like a pure gold. I mean, it is just wonderful. You just hope and pray that this continues. And man, we just got to step out in faith and believe that this will continue. This is all for real. And uh, just thank God for it in a big way. Uh, you saw Jordan Greenway ink a three-year contract this week with the Minnesota Wild. Three years, three million per, of course, nine million for the total. What does this mean for Fiala and or Duhame? As that'll be a continued 
uh, conversation during the course of this show. That's kind of the question of the week, so to speak. The question of the week, the comparison of the week. That's what it is this week. The, the Greenway. What does it mean for the future? As it's uh, it's making it a little more cloudy for some of those guys. The way Fiala's playing, I don't want him going anywhere. Anywhere. Um, <laughs> that grease line, that's a big reason, like a big reason why the deal happened. Obviously, the grease line is so good. They've been playing so well together, and Greenway's a part of it, obviously, with his size and his abilities, playmaking ability, as he we've heard multiple times on multiple shows and from uh, Bill Guerin himself that uh, Jordan Greenway did lead the Wild in assists last year, and yes, I remember that very well. Um, so he does have playmaking ability, just doesn't score a whole lot, doesn't fight a whole lot. He will sometimes, but not all the time, just here and there. He's not like Felino guys like that. Uh, that. But that grease line, they still haven't given up a regular season goal while together and, you know, and during, the entire, uh, during the entire season for about 180 minutes approximately. Uh, that's about where the number is now after the last couple of games here. Moneypuck.com was the original website that talked about that where people have showed that and it's just unreal. They have not given up a regular season goal uh, together, while together. That's crazy, man. That's crazy. That's a good line. That's a really, really good line, and you don't really want to split that up. There's two lines on the Minnesota Wild. You want, you just don't want to split up whatsoever. And then there's a, another line, which is arguably the second line. There's two players on it, two out of three, that you don't want to split up. Uh, Goudreau is what he is. He's okay. He's just, he's okay. I uh, wouldn't mind seeing him drop down to the fourth line and then replaced by a Damien, uh, <laughs> I just call him Damien Giroux, Claude Giroux, Damien Giroux. He can't even score in the AHL right now. Uh, with a Claude Giroux or somebody like that. That would be insane if that took place. The truth of the matter is somebody somewhere at some point will get traded. Obviously, there's going to probably be some type of move before the trade deadline coming up. Oh, and, of course, in the summer, people are going to be traded or, of course, uh, lost via free agency or let go via free agency. Can't imagine uh, Victor Rask returning, stuff like that. Uh, I'll try to get to the games briefly here. Three games to review, one game to preview. As we head into All-Star Weekend, one game to preview. So that's a little leeway for us a bit. Again, I don't want to babble too much in the game reviews, but 3-0 and again, 3-0 and again. Absolutely beautiful. Minnesota third place in the Central, and of course, several games in hand, which is always fun. We always got to talk about that. How many games in hand do we have versus Colorado? We have five. We are, we being the Wild, of course, are two points ahead of the Vegas Golden Knights with five games in hand. Two points ahead of the Vegas Golden Knights with five games in hand. Five games in hand versus Nashville, one point behind. Nashville's obviously been a hell of a story this year. We are only one point behind them with five games in hand. Just, just, you just analyze that for a second. Nine points behind the Colorado Avalanche with three games in hand. But still, you know, Colorado has the second best point total in the National Hockey League behind Florida with 69. 47 games played, though. That's as high as it gets, along with the New York Rangers. The Wild could catch these teams when things get going. Unfortunately, again, we have a very condensed schedule thanks to that situation. Thanks to other teams having issues as uh, Michael Russo continues to bring that up, and he's correct. 3-2 to two victory versus the New York Rangers. We got our asses handed to us in that first period. It just felt like, oh boy, and Chris Kreider, who scores goals for a living, getting a uh, greasy goal, the grease line. Yep, that's their grease line, right? No, I don't know. He's, he literally scores goals for a living. It's Yes, it's literal. Uh, 31 goals there. Power play guy, and he, of course, didn't have to score in the power play there, putting the New York Rangers up 2 to nothing at the time. 
31 goals already for him. Jiminy Christmas. How many is he on pace for? 50? 50? Are you kidding me? Is Chris Kreider a 50 goal scorer? Maybe. Maybe this year, I guess. <laughs> some some guys just, uh, sometimes it's your gear. <laughs> and we'll see how good the Rangers are going to continue to be. As obviously they're a very good team and they're well coached. And uh, good for Gerald Gallant to have some success with the New York Rangers now. Pretty cool. Even though it's the Rangers. Uh, they used to be the team that would sign everybody. Oh, wait, they still kind of are. Kind of. Let's see. Oh, Gretzky. Uh, you know, uh, you know, Mark Messier. Uh, you know, Yager. Uh, you know, you know, this guy and that guy. I don't know. It's just like, oh, go away. Stop it. <laughs> Panarin. There's like a million more you could mention. Well, many more. I'll stop. But luckily, the things changed. The tides turned, this and that. Matt Boldy's been on a bit of a point streak. Kevin Fiala got his 12th goal of the season. And Matt Boldy is a point-a-game player. And that's, he's getting national recognition for that. Now 10, goal, uh, 10 points, pardon me, in 10 games. He has just been insane. Four goals, six assists. He was able to get an assist versus the Chicago Blackhawks. Now 10 points in 10 games. He just continues to be a factor. Um, it is absolutely cool. He got his fourth assist of the season on Zuccarello's goal. Obviously, nifty little pass over to Kirill Kaprizov, getting that play going. Z Zuccarello, Kirill Kaprizov, and Matt Boldy all together on the power play. That's pretty fun. That's awesome. Absolutely awesome. And Zuccarello finishing to make it 2-2 two to, two to tie the game up about midway through. And that Frederick Goudreau, who put in a pretty pathetic uh, attempt at a penalty shot, was able to score anyway. Not on the penalty shot, but <laughs> regulation ice with, uh, well, with several minutes remaining in the third period. And after that, uh, Cam Talbot did what he needed to do, and the Wild were denying the puck, getting to Talbot for the most part. Only 27 shots on goal versus Cam Talbot, despite quite a few early on in the game, as things just really got more and more shut down. And then Ryan Strom was denied a game-tying goal with a second remaining due to the fact that, well... <laughs> this wasn't called, but the puck was not visible. The whistle should have blown. So it was, you know, that should have been a dead play anyway when the puck's not visible because that's just how it is. That's how that game is played. And, of course, they're moving. They say uh, the, ultimately the rule was uh, Strom moving Cam Talbot's pad. The crowd didn't like it, of course, but there were a lot of wild fans there, including uh, Kirill Kaprizov's parents, which might scare some people in a way because, oh, sure, they went to the game versus the Rangers. Hmm... Hmm. Well, then again, I guess it's a ways away for, to worry about that. Let's let's get that off our minds for a couple minutes. But the Wild Escape, <laughs> oh boy, ended up getting three goals versus Igor Shesterkin, who was very strong versus most uh, most of the night. With Kaprizov continuing to rack up the points, Zuccarello continuing to rack up the points, Fiala continuing to rack up the points. A goal and an assist. He got that goal. He was able to break the dam, so to speak midway through the game, basically at the mid midpoint of the game. Both Fiala and Zuccarello changed everything there in a very, very short span, in about a minute and a half span. I felt like, oh, it felt so good. We beat the New York Rangers on the night that uh, Lundqvist was retired. Pretty cool, pretty impressive uh, victory. Obviously, the team came out with a lot of spark, the team being the Rangers anyway. Tons and tons of spark, especially after being a part of that whole thing. And it was nice to see Zuccarillo and Kem Talbot being there on that night. And maybe they set it up that way so those guys could be there. And I'm sure Lundqvist liked that very much. Kem Talbot was his backup, of course. Lundqvist, anyway. King Henrik, King Henry, pardon me. And Matt Zuccarillo was just like a best friend there. They were best friends. And when Zuccarillo was traded, 
to the Dallas Stars, uh, it was a two and a half years ago now, about two years ago. Uh, it was a very emotional time for three years ago. Very emotional day for uh, Henrik Lundqvist at the time. So let's move on to the New York Islanders game. Kind of started the opposite, where the Wild looked so good and started to kind of suck <laughs> and got really sloppy. 4-3 to three win, though. The Wild escape uh, versus the New York Islanders team, dropping them a game below 500 again after they'd made a bit of a comeback. Matthew Boldy, another goal. Man, he is just mm, his fourth goal of the season. I know, it's like it, it feels like it should be higher because wish he started the season here, but broken ankle wouldn't allow that one to happen. And of course, you want him to kind of get his, his feet wet a little bit more in the AHL where he was a point-to-game player. Comes to the NHL, he's a point-to-game player. Alright, so a goal and an assist for Matt Boldy. And again, 10 points in 10 games. That is an all-time record for the Minnesota Wild. Even passing guys like Kirill Kaprizov, of all people. Yeah. <laughs> Miko Koivu was the previous record holder. 8 points in, in 9 games for the uh, fastest start to his NHL career. Um, Kirill Kaprizov had seven and ten, I believe, if it was correct. And now Boldy, ten and ten. Hopefully he can continue this. Um, wow, really love what Matt Boldy has become with the Minnesota Wild. You could just see it coming the last year and a half or so as he started to really take off in college and then just getting to AHL and being a factor immediately. It's, that doesn't always happen. I mean, look at guys like Bryce Misley. You know, I mean, he struggled in the AHL. He was slow, slow out of the gate. And then started to score a little bit in the ECHL and blah, blah, blah. But, of course, Bryce Misley wasn't a first-round pick. But just saying, going from college to the to the uh, the minor league doesn't always doesn't always pan out right away. It takes a little time. Boldy certainly has done that. Jewel Erickson, that nice, greasy goal. We appreciate what he can do. <laughs> to another two-point game for him. Kirill Kaprizov, another two-point game for him. Oh, man. It just continues. It just continues. Zuccarillo actually had no points, and that's where his point streak was snapped at 10. Nice number, though, obviously, because he had multiple points versus the New York Rangers, but again, the point streak. And, of course, he was going to score against his old team and against uh, on a night when his buddy was uh, retired and honored and all that. Uh, yes, Zach Parisi did play for the New York Islanders, but, uh, well, he factored zero shots on goal, and I'm not going to try to kick him when he's down, because why would I do that? Only 12 minutes on ice, but it is what it is. You know, it is what it is. And what what more can you say? Kind of third line, fourth line role there with the New York Islanders. It, it's a shame. It's a shame to see him drop off so much. But what can you do? I mean, you know, um, there was no Fiala in this game. Julia Schenek was the alternate captain, you know, the replacement alternate captain. And he is the perfect choice for that. Obviously leads by example and and also has, you know, there, there there's definitely energy there too. He's not just like Mr. Super Quiet hiding in the corner. <laughs> and my goodness, um, obviously his, his actions speak louder than his words, and that grease line just continues to be a huge factor. Jordan Greenway did not factor in any points in this one. And then the, uh, the contract was announced after this. But, well, I mean, the Wild were able to escape despite some some really, really sloppy play. I mean, Puck just kind of getting left out there. That's where the Islanders were able to get their third goal. Uh, the second goal, Brandon DeHaim, what the heck? What the heck, Brandon DeHaim? What happened? What happened, Brandon DeHaim? <laughs> stumbling around. He was unimpeded and was just stumbling around in his skates like me. Like, say, me out there trying to skate. Think about that. Think about me trying to skate out there. Oh, okay. Oh, whoops. Oh, that sucks. Oh, oh. Yeah, turnover and goal by the New York Islanders. Oh, man. And that was uh, Ross Johnston. 
Ross Johnson with his first goal of the season, unassisted. Yes, it was assisted by Brennan DeHaim for stumbling around and letting the New York Islanders get within a goal. Luckily, the Wild would never let the Islanders tie this game up at all. It was never tied except when it was 0-0, thankfully. Oh, but that was ugly. Oh, Brandon, come on, man. That <laughs> was hard to watch. Kaprizov, another goal and an assist in the game. Felt so good, but yep, Oliver Wallstrom's goal was a power play goal. The Wild just kind of like, I don't know, they just kind of lost track of the puck and the Isles were able to score. Kapokakinen was a lot better in this game than, say, a three goals given up, so to speak. He stopped 40 shots and, you know, obviously the Islanders played very well in this game, particularly in the second and third period. Um, <laughs> Brandon Haim did score in the game. That's the whole funny part. And it's funny also how a lot of times when the Wilds score now, it's like there isn't a whole lot of emotion. They're like, oh, we scored. Okay, good, good. It's like they're getting used to it or something. I hope it's not a complacency thing. But you don't see a whole lot of emotion on some of the goals. So some of them you do, some of them you don't. Like Zuccarello's goal versus Chicago. It's like, okay, yeah, that went in. And uh, Brendan DeHame, it's, it's almost like as if he's just kind of like, oh, I got lucky there. <laughs> Poor Brendan DeHame. Obviously, again, he had a goal and an assist in the game, but the assist didn't count. It went to the New York Islanders. And we'll leave it at that. Sorry for jabbing you, Brendan. But oh, hopefully that doesn't happen again. Ooh, that's a that's on Shaq and a fool. If there was such a thing, if uh, say if TNT brought Shaq over for hockey too, at least for a Shaq and a fool segment, I think that I think that one would be on there. It'd be a nominee at least. I mean, oofta, Shaq Shaq and a fool. <laughs> yeah, that's those are for those of you wondering what the heck that might be because maybe you absolutely never watched basketball on TNT or anywhere else. Is uh, yeah, it's just bad, bad, goofy plays that happened where it's like, okay, that was embarrassing. Stuff like that. Wild head into the break with a 5 nothing shutout. Cam Talbot getting a little workout versus the Blackhawks, getting a little exercise and uh, getting a shutout, heading into the All-Star break. I don't like goalies going to the All-Star game, but hopefully Talbot can hold it, can can hold hold his own there. As of course, it seems like every time Dubnik went to the All-Star game, he'd come back just like frayed. It was like, damn it. Partially because he was in the net way too much, way too much, all the time in the Bruce Boudreaux era and such. Uh, it was really frustrating, but that's just kind of how it is. He was in the net way too much. Mike Yo or Bruce Boudreaux, it almost didn't matter. He was just, you know, they, he got overused and then he got no all-star break and then he had a firing squad coming his way every damn night. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury was given the goalpost a bit of a punishment during the night because every time somebody scores on Marc-Andre Fleury, he takes it personal. He just starts banging that stick as hard as he can. I'd be the same way. i get pissed off real easy, stuff like that. Um, Matt Zuccarello, again, the goal he scored, he was just kind of like, oh, cool, all right, yeah, that went in, cool. But uh, it was much prettier, though, the little give-and-go. And, of course, Kirill Kaprizov with the takeaway and the poke check there, back, back check, getting the puck away. Not poke check, but back check. Getting the turnover, forcing the turnover. Getting it over to Zuccarillo. And then Zuccarillo, it was kind of a give-and-go play. Just a nifty, unbelievable timed pass. And Kuril Kaprizov finished on the wrister with his 19th goal of the season to put the Wild up 3-0. For me, that was the highlight of the game overall. It was cool seeing Frederick Goudreau score. And then Fiala getting yet another point. As again, he'd have a multi-point game. He had a breakaway for, uh, to make it 4-0. And he finished where a lot of times earlier in the season he wouldn't finish on those. He put up a great move and there'd be like the save of the century and it just drove everybody crazy. But Fiala able to finish. Again, a nice feed, like lead pass from Matt Boldy. 
We always love what you get there. And Nico Sturm, eighth goal of the season. And unfortunately, he might be a trade factor, a trade possibility, trade ship going forward. I think I'm taking this a little too long, so I apologize because we got a lot of conversation to get to with fan interaction. It's getting getting pretty 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 busy there. So I might have to shorten some of these game reviews as I get forward. The show is going to evolve as it always does. But um, it's still me. It's still similar conversation, this and that. Maybe less babbling for me, so maybe the show quality goes up a little bit. With that said, the Mike Madonna Award winner for this episode, it's going to be Kevin Fiala. He has just been so good. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov is good every night, and he's appreciated every night. Sounds familiar with certain people in the workplace. Sometimes you get so good and so consistently good, you don't even get noticed, which is annoying. But let's just leave that where that is. Uh, Kevin Fiala <laughs> has been absolutely unreal. Uh, obviously, the playmaking ability, the goal scoring, the chemistry with Matt Boldy. I don't want him anywhere else, but things are going to be interesting. Obviously, you got three more million on the books now the next three years with uh, Jordan Greenway's contract. The truth of the matter is, as I'll probably talk about this more in the next segment, is that that doesn't make him untradeable. It's a very tradable contract. We'll get back to that, though, in the fan interaction segment some more, as we'll talk a lot more about that. Uh, the James Shepard Memorial, Brandon DeHaime, you dodged a bullet because you saved a goal. Uh, in the game. You literally saved a goal and kept the shutout for Cam Talbot. Obviously, it's not like a crucial thing. The Wild would have still won, like 5-1. to one, But you saved Cam Talbot's shutout, literally coming in at the last second and scooping that puck away before it crossed the line. Very dangerous situation there. Uh, the post got beat up a bit, too, in this game by the Blackhawks. But, again, that's how it goes. It just wasn't their night. A 5 nothing loss to Minnesota. Nice save by Brendan James at the last second. Um... Kulikov, I think, has been a bit invisible. His defense has dropped off, so I'm going to give him the James Shepard Memorial. It's a fairly gentle one, but he's become more and more invisible and not as just not as good lately at the end of the day. It just, it's just not as much there. He's one of the reasons why the Wild haven't been, uh, if the Wild have had some bad moments, he's kind of been part of that lately, unfortunately, but it's no, no real bash on him necessarily. With that, we'll take a quick break and preview the one game, get to the prospects and all that. So it'll be a prospect and game <laughs> segment, of course. And then a big, fun, enjoyable fan interaction segment three. again previewing the Winnipeg Jets game after the All-Star break, and then the schedule gets extremely tight. It gets keeps feeling like, okay, next week it's going to get busy. Okay, it's next week. No, next week it is for real. First, before we get to the preview and the prospects, we're going to talk about Vigit, Vigit application, V-I-G, and then I-T. It's two, two separate words, of course. It's on Android and Apple devices. No surprise there. It is basically fantasy betting, so not real money wagering. Social media for sports bettors. You can post about your picks, see what others are saying about games. Vigit Betting League is a month-long betting competition to see who the best sports better is over the course of a month. Free-to-play sportsbook, bet-free coins, win real prizes. Betting stats, there's great information on the Vigit like line movement where the public is betting. Again, it is not real money wagering. And, of course, the uh, referral uh, referral is Paladino Live. That will support the show. Another way to support the show is to click on the link 
and sign up for Crypto.com. Crypto.com. If you want to get into crypto trading, of course it's not safe. Nothing's safe. The stock market isn't safe. Real estate isn't safe. Uh, commodity trading isn't safe. Literally nothing is safe. But at the same time, it can be very lucrative and it can be very fun. It's just, I'm just saying how, just being honest with you, nothing's safe. Like, of course, real estate wasn't safe. Look at the subprime mortgage nonsense, you know, but it can be safe. It can be safe. And it's like, again, if you're, if you gain some skill with it, and of course, also learn to not just hang on to something when you're ahead, you know, go ahead and sell and then you can't lose. You can't lose. So maybe you missed out on a little more, but you came out ahead rather than hanging on too long and blowing it away uh, later on. That's kind of what's happened to me in the past with the stocks and such <laughs> at times when I was learning. So with that said, I'll shut up now and get to where I need to be with the Winnipeg Jets. Winnipeg Jets, who the heck are they? We haven't played them since October 2019. October 2019, that is the darndest thing I've ever heard. It felt like we played the Jets every other day for a while there, for years. Like, oh, it's not the Jets again. I'm sick of these guys. And they're an annoying fan base, too. Sick of them. Go away. Well, I'm welcoming, welcoming them back. Paul Stansney, 20 points in 31 games. Always gets being banged up with the way he plays. Andrew Kopp, 28 points. Kyle Connor is leading the club in scoring. 49 points in 42 games. 25 goals on the season. That's pretty good. Four power play goals, though. He's not leading in that category. It's Pierre-Luc Dubois, who's got nine power play goals. Half of his goals have been on the power play. That's pretty good. Uh, ten assists for Kyle Connor, though, on the PP. <laughs> on the PP. The PP. Okay, I'll shut up now. That's kind of stupid. Uh, Goaltending, well, it's still my guy, Connor Hellebuck. Yep, and he's not having a hell of a season, really. It sucks. 2.9 goals against average. 91 save percentage, so he'll, he, he, he has his really good games, and then he has his meh games, basically. Uh, two shutouts, like if I didn't mention that already. Um, the save percentage isn't that bad. It's kind of a, it's like a B minus or C plus, 91%. That's okay. Goals against average is like, like a D plus. That's almost three goals a game. What's going on, man? What's going on? That sucks. Um, but it happens. I guess it's like a C, not a D plus. Um, just a flat out C. Uh, they are one, them being the Jets. Winnipeg Jets are one and four in their last five. Their only victory was versus the St. Louis Blues on the road. Okay, well, that's a pretty rough schedule, though. And they got their asses handed to them in every game, except for St. Louis. Kept the uh, Blues to only one goal, 4-1 to one victory on the 29th of Jan, but that's the second <laughs> second most recent game. Losing in Pittsburgh, 3-2, to two, getting beat at home versus Florida, 5-3. Vancouver, 5-1. to one. Look at the goals given up. Jeez, that's, that's heavy. This is heavy, Doc. And then, of course, uh, getting the victory versus St. Louis and losing to Philadelphia, who had lost, like, you know, like a lot of games, like 13 and 14 or something like that on Feb this, uh, 1st. They lost to Philly. It's in Philadelphia, but mm, I don't know. Chuck, you are bleeped. <laughs> Chuck Fletcher and Mike Yo and, and, uh, and uh, what was the other guy's name? John Torchetti, who replaced... Mike Yo, when Mike Yo was fired, as a, he was, a, he came up as the interim. <laughs> yeah, he was uh, coaching the uh, Iowa Wild at the time, if I remember correctly. Him being John Dorchetti. <laughs> okay, yeah, <laughs> and they did sign Nate Prosser. His last game was with the Philadelphia Flyers. Nate Prosser, which is kind of cool, kind of funny. You'll also notice the logo has changed again. I should mention this. I I didn't mention this earlier. The logo for Brave the Wild. Now that I'm going off in a different tangent. 
This is the complete logo. It looks so much better. The green, yep, you kept the big tough guy. The whole theme was there. Now you got the green background and the and the trees and the sun. Oh, it is. Oh, Pavel Bennett, you are a star. You know, I, I hope you're listening from Chechia. You are a stud. That What an awesome logo. Thank you so much. Obviously, it was a nice start with the white one, but it's like I didn't like the white background, and it just felt like there could be a teeny, teeny bit more. And then when he came up with that dark green logo, the forest green logo for the young guns, it's, it started out as a cool look with the white background, and then he had the dark green look with that one. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, hey, Pavel, is there any chance, any chance in a million you could do that for this logo? And he did, and my goodness. So you're seeing it now on all of your devices. Has that changed during the course of this week? It kind of slowly bled out to the different device, uh, different apps on your uh, for podcast listening. I believe it's on everything now. Even Google Podcasts took the longest to get to that one <clears throat> for some reason, but... Mm, I, uh, let, let me know what you think, just in case. The Wilds should be able to beat this Winnipeg team. Uh, most recently, we've been playing so well against them, and we're off to a good start. But uh, we have played the Jets this season. It's just we haven't been in Winnipeg since the 19th. That's where I'm kind of messing up a little bit there. We haven't played in Winnipeg since October 19th. We did play them this season in Actual Energy Center, 6-5 to five and 7-1. to one. Holy moly. And then, of course, they had postponed twice, two games postponed, so now it's Feb 8th and Feb 16th. So these are rescheduled games, which will get things uh, more interesting as we move forward. It's just kind of weird, weird situation. <clears throat> it's a it's a team with talent that is not playing well lately. Uh, they just haven't been playing well at all. They're 18-17. They're kind of the New York Islanders of the Western Conference, I guess. They, you know, In a sense, a team that should be playing better but it hasn't been. Um, they're 24th in goals, 12th in goals against. They don't get a lot of assists. Shooting percentage is 25th in the league. Their penalty kill is 28th in the league. Take advantage of that, Minnesota. 74%. Uh, the Wilds' power play is now 17th. It's just jumped up a bit after a crappy start to this season. So the Wilds should be able to take care of business here. It reeks of a trap game coming off of the All-Star break. It does reek of one, as maybe the Wilds' win streak does end here. And then hopefully we can get things going in the right direction. But I'll step out in faith and pick a victory. Minnesota will win the game. And guess who's going to score? Kevin Fiala is going to score again. Kevin Fiala is just going to keep it rolling. Minnesota Wild with a 5-3 to three win over the Winnipeg Jets. It'll be a little messy, maybe an empty net goal. But the Wild win 5-3. to three. Kevin Fiala scores. With that, let's uh, jump into the prospects for the sake of time and such. Matt Boldy is a prospect. 10 goal, 10 points already in 10 games in the NHL. It's just, mm, doesn't that feel good? It, it just puts a big smile on my face. Let's get to the, nope, I already got this called up. Iowa Wild here. Marco Rossi continues to lead that team in scoring. Now 32 points in 30 games as he continues to step it up in a big way. Their schedule is so all over the place. You keep like, oh man, they're going to play on Friday. And then they they play like two two out of they play like two or three games in a row basically, around the weekend. And then it's like like five days with no game. It drives me nuts. It's a weird irregular schedule for the Iowa Wild. But Marco Rossi continues to lead that club in scoring now more than a point a game. Mason Shaw's been getting hotter and hotter now. Twenty six points on the season. Kyle Rao, who's always kind of that quad A guy who gets called up here and there. Um, obviously, he's had his moments and. <laughs> but unfortunately, it's mostly in the AHL, and yeah, it's Joe Joe Cramarosa keeps stepping up a little bit. Uh, Adam Beckman, Cramarosa is obviously not a prospect. He's twenty eight. He's one of those you know career minor leaguers who can get a cup of coffee like this. There, I made a little loud noise with it in the NHL. 
Halen Addison, obviously the Wild need to make space for him. I think he's NHL ready. It's time. Uh, he's still very young, though, which is good. That's a good thing. He turns 22 on, Feb- on April 11th. So 22. Still got his whole life ahead of him, as does Adam Beckman. February. Uh, I keep calling everything February. May the 10th. Adam Beckman turns 21. And he's got 21 points in 34 games on the season. Definitely has playmaking skills. As you remember, his first NHL point was a very nice pass from behind the net in a big moment much earlier in the season. Beckman can Beckman can play in the NHL, and he can they're definitely playing in the AHL. He's not like lighting it up or anything, but he looks like a guy who's just gonna keep getting better and better and better. Sweeney, of course, had the red hot start and has slowed down dramatically since twenty three years of age. In his case, Joe Hickett was on fire, too, for a while. Hicketts, he slowed down a bit, unfortunately for him. But, yeah, Mason Shaw's been on fire. Obviously, he had that hat trick. Was it two weeks ago now? And he's still been putting on, putting points on the board, uh, multi-point games, at least consistent point streaks and such. He's been good, and he's only 22 years of age. It felt like he's been in the, feels like he's been in the organization for about four years, and I think he has. <laughs> That's the funny part. Because, yes, that was Chuck Fletcher's last draft with... Ivan Lodney and all that. Oof, oof. But uh, Mason Shaw clearly looks like the best player out of that group. I don't think there's any doubt. Uh, goaltending. Zane McIntyre's been the main guy, and he's got a pretty good goals against average. He's been strong. 2.45 goals against average now with a winning record of 5-4. to four, As they have been, uh, obviously, giving up less and less goals the past few weeks, them being the Iowa Wild. It's been a good thing. And, so is, uh, and it's funny how right when Hunter Jones left, and such the yeah this the uh, Iowa Heartlanders have certainly played better. It's it's funny, it's funny. Bryce Misley he's been ah, he's been so quiet. He did finally score a goal last week. Finally got his first goal, and man, oh no, he did get it this week. It was this week. Yep, in the six to one win, he finally got his first goal in the AHL. Is ni- he's played nine games. And finally has one point. And it was a goal. That's what it was. And it put the Wild up. The Iowa Wild, anyway. Up 4 to nothing in the first period. Damien Giroux with a rare point. And Bryce Gervais with his second assist. A bunch of guys who haven't been putting up points. But um, congratulations, Bryce Misley. Finally getting something on the board. He's been in the bottom six, of course, as has Damien Giroux and such. Last year, Giroux was way up there. Like, top line, second line, scoring line, scoring situations and such. Power play situations. He's just dropped off the face of the earth this year, and it's, it's heartbreaking. Four points, no, six points in 35 games, four assists. Ugh. Yeah, but Misley finally scored a goal. They've been they've been trying to get him closer and closer to being an AHL player. Man, they've been, I'm glad they've been sticking with him, haven't given up on him or sent him down to the ECHL again. Uh, keep it going, Bryce. I, w- I want to see you succeed. I really do. 21 years of age. Turns 22 in September. Same birthday as my old friend Marcus, September the 5th. Cool, cool. All right, let's keep moving, though. Bryce Misley, oh, <laughs> I, I have a soft spot for him, if you can't tell. <clears throat> and for that University of Vermont club, that just, oof, they was like, they were losing every game, like 5-1, to 6-1. to one. But Iowa won the most recent game, 6-1. to one. Impressive. Very impressive. Uh, let's get to Boston College teams, or players, anyway. Marshall Warren now 14 points in 25 games. It's a career high. And that's good. He finally got a career high <laughs> in college. As the, his first two seasons, he got 11 points each. But last year was definitely at a much higher pace than uh, his, his freshman year, him being your friend Marshall Warren. Nikita Nistarenko 
Boston College, right about at the same point, pace as last year. Plus minus is a little lower. Penalty minutes are higher, but pretty much the same thing. 19 points in 25 games so far. Not standing out that much, but there's he'll, he'll, he'll have flashes, but not wowing anybody in a big way. Vladislav, first off, he's been mediocre, I think, slightly above average for the University of Connecticut. He has not improved as far as I'm concerned. He's not improved. Um, and, I don't know, he's had, he's had injuries off and on, but at least he's been playing more lately. Two, uh, seven goals, seven assists in 22 games. So kind of like at a two-thirds of a goal a game, that type of thing. Yeah, that type of a pace for him. Our old buddy, Jack McBain. Yep, he continues. He's going to the Olympics and all that. So that's coming up very soon here. 24 points in 18 games. Jack McBain getting ready for U.S. Olympic hockey. He'll be joining Eric Stahl. Jack McBain and Eric Stahl on the same team. Okay, sounds good. Sounds awesome. Um, Alexander Hovenoff, by the way, I'm going to backtrack really quickly at the AHL. Now three points for the Iowa Wild. Three points. He, I remember, I think that was last week, he got his second assist. It's like, all right, finally. So he's finally doing a little bit of something, as was Bryce Misley. I'm definitely happy for him there. Yep, there it was. That was in that 6-1 to game. Second assist. Uh, yep, so that was last week here. Yep, this last week. Second assist on the season for him. Backtracking, because it's like, obviously he's still important as far as I'm concerned. Sam Henkes, uh, uh, Henches, I like to call him Henches because that's what the name of the Vice President of Operations was at Boston Scientific. Over a point a game, 13 points, 11 games. He will play in the Olympics as well. Awesome to see and obviously very productive. Uh, missed a ton of games this year, only 11 on the season, but over a point a game, having a really nice senior season for St. Cloud State University. Congratulations, Sam Henches, on a solid senior season despite missing time, which is a bummer. Pavel Novak, wow, dominating. 43 points in 33 games for the Kelowna Rockets. Obviously, it's kind of a Kirill Kaprizov numbers, basically, in the WHL. Good for him. Could be on pace for a 100-point season, possibly, but he did miss some time as well. And, of course, well, actually, you know, Canada in general was missing time because their rules are really strict. <laughs> we'll leave that where it is. 31 games for Damon Hunt thus far in the WHL. 23 points for him was at a much higher pace earlier in the season. But when he flashes, he really does. Uh, Ryan O'Rourke, almost a point a game as a defenseman for the Sioux Greyhounds in the OHL. Really love what's happening there. This has got to be his final season in the OHL. Time for him to make the jump to the AHL at the very least. Ryan O'Rourke is probably going to be wonderful, as he was good in the AHL last year when, of course, the OHL was unavailable with uh, Canadian restrictions last season. The ultra-strict uh, deal there, and it is what it is. <laughs> Nothing we can do about it. Um, but awesome season for Ryan O'Rourke. It's just captain after captain after captain. You know, Damon Hunt, Ryan O'Rourke, Merrick Huznadinov still stuck at 12 points for St. Petersburg. Let's just move on. Rossi, of course, again, doing great in Iowa. Jasper Wallstedt, He's been wonderful as well. 1.95 goals against averages, 11-9 in the season, about 92% save percentage. He's, of course, a, pretty much an untradeable uh, prospect, I would think. Guys like that, untradeable. I mean, Lambos, Perch, guys like that, you never know. But of the main prospects like Wallstead, Rossi, Boldy, you just, you just do not want to trade them. Some of these guys you might have to because there might not be a spot for them. You're going to have to make a decision on who, you, who you're willing to move and who you're not willing to move. That's where the conversation could take place 
as the Wild may have to shovel the roster around due to cap situation. And of course, I'm um, trying to make a push here to try to, you know, to try to make a push during this season, at least when you don't have massive cap issues. Is of course, a lot of these guys, when they turn pro, will be on the rookie scale. So it'll be, you know, cap-wise, it'll be okay to have them on the roster. It's just you might have to move somebody out of the way at the same time. So it's going to be super-duper interesting in the next uh, two years here. How things go, Carson Lambos finally got his 22nd point. Good for him. 22 points in 21 games. I think getting something going a little bit there. Mm. Seven goals, 15 assists for the Winnipeg Ice. Carson Lambos. I believe he's skating for Canada, if I remember correctly. Jack Pert. He's dropped off a bit. He has, yep, he's still stuck at 14 points. He's played a game, a game since that, but no points last weekend for St. Cloud State. But Jack Pert, obviously wonderful, wonderful freshman season for St. Cloud. Almost a point a game. Power play type of defenseman for that club. St. Cloud State, like I already mentioned. Cadian Banker, the Canadian Cadian from British Columbia. <laughs> yeah, I know, I'm goofy. Uh, Western, Western Hockey League, of course, 40 points, or 40 games, 14 goals, 36 total points for him thus far. Kyle Masters, 11 points in 43 games, only two goals thus far in the season, but he's a plus 27. I talk about that all the time. Obviously, he's been fantastic. With The Red Deer Rebels have been fantastic as well. For him to be a plus 27, obviously, things are going pretty well. And he's part of it. <laughs> he's definitely part of it. Being an NHL prospect, fourth-round pick from Edmonton, Alberta. Kyle Masters, Josh Pilar, still hasn't played for the Saskatoon Blades. Am I going crazy or what? He still hasn't played for the Blades. Come on, Saskatoon, let's go. Judd Zolgad, take it away. Play the games! Okay, yeah, that's Judd Zolgad. I had to imitate it. I should have saved that. Ah, oh, I wish I did. Six points for Nate Benoit. Six points, I believe. Yep, that's his fifth assist now this past week. Nate Benoit. A point a week streak. Point a week streak. Rolls right off your tongue. From Bow, New Hampshire. <laughs> Six points for tri the Tri-City Storm of the U.S. Hockey League. All right, Nate. It's kind of like years ago... Jacob Golden. Yeah, I had fun keeping up with him. Oh, he was really kind of slow out of the gate. And then he started producing points. He went from 7 points to 27. The next year I was like, okay, wow. Good job, Jacob Golden. And now he's playing for McGill University. Two points in seven games for Jacob Golden going back to the 2017 draft. 2017 with uh, Chuck Fletcher still in charge, I believe. It had to be, right? Nope. Yes, yes, it was. That was the final draft for Chuck Fletcher, the Mason Shaw draft. Mason Shaw and Bryce Misley. <laughs> Ivan Lodnia. I remember I, I always got a kick looking at what he's been doing. Chicago Walls, two points. Two points in 17 games. Mmm, mmm, mmm. Ivan Lodnia. I don't know, man. Whew. That, that's a whiff. That is a whiff of a draft pick. Let, let me tell you, he isn't doing jack squat. I'd rather have Bryce Misley. Seriously. I would, because he's younger. <laughs> you just never know. Oh, Lord. Wow. Well, with that, we'll take a quick break, and we will get into fan interaction. we got the salary cap, all that cool stuff, the Twitter account, all ready to rock and roll. And 
we are back here on Brave the Wild Fan Interaction segment. And right before I jump into things with Twitter and hashtag BTWMN and all that, God, that's so much fun. Uh, a lot of Minnesota Wild podcasts now are joining together with the Soda Pod on their feed as we're going to put little, little clips of our shows on. So basically, we're going to like take little cuts of our shows and kind of send them to the Soda Pod, and they're going to kind of piece it all together. So that way, we kind of all kind of we all kind of get exposure for each other because then SodaPod creates the file. They put it on their feed and then they encourage us to put it in our feeds as well. So expect that to happen starting this week, either tomorrow or tonight, possibly, maybe even right now as I'm posting this show. I'm I'm not sure exactly when they've sent it out, but yeah, because they say Thursday or Friday, put it in your feed. I might do it tonight, possibly, just to kind of let this show bleed out first, just to be fair, and all that. So that way we kind of all kind of get exposure, I guess. It kind of helps us all kind of expose each other. Like, okay, it's Brave the Wild. Oh, it's the Soda Pod. Oh, it's Sound the Foghorn. It's this show, it's that show. So it's going to be kind of cool. It's a cool idea, and I agreed to join on board. Why not? So I'll take little tiny clips out of the the the, the last week's episode and put it in there. And off we go. So it's a fun way to do it. And it has to be last week's because (laughs) I have to listen back to the show to see what I want to actually put in. So just for the sake of quality and such, I want to actually choose something decent that uh, either fits what's going on or might be entertaining or whatever the heck. So let's get to that Facebook page. And of course, there was the, we'll call it the Rough Draft logo for Brave the Wild, the, the new Rough Draft logo where I was just the big guy with the wild logo on the white t-shirt, kind of doing the Superman pose in the hot, with the hockey stick. Now he's shrunk down a little bit, moved over, and you got the sun in the background and the night dark green look. So that's going to be the new logo you're going to see now. And, of course, the Minnesota Wild logo is taken off the shirt, and it's the state of Minnesota instead because I, um, there's got to be something against that because there isn't a single other podcast out there with the wild logo on it. And Brave the Wild's original logo, which stuck around for about 14 years, <laughs> miraculously, was basically nothing but the Minnesota Wild logo, which I think is an issue. I could get myself in trouble with that, I gotta believe. So, I'll get moving now. Let's get to where we need to be. At Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild. Do give that a follow, and those of you that have, thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it in a huge way. Something is... Okay, tagged each on here so he can let you know when the episode gets uploaded to the folder for you. Okay, thank you. That's, uh, again, state of hoppy. That would be Scott, of course. Yes, uh, he likes to go to, <laughs> he likes to bring up different breweries and try different beers and talk about them on there. And, they, yep, I got introduced to some good stuff that way. So, always thank you, uh, Hoppy. And Isha, of course, is from Vancouver, British Columbia. Vancouver Island. <laughs> Let's get to where we need to be. Derek Felska says, got a Minnesota Wild question on your mind. And of course, Derek Felska writes for Crease and Assist at Crease and Assist. That is his blog. <clears throat> it is on uh, Sports Daily. And again, Crease and Assist, he's been doing it for many years. Of course, it used to be called the State of Hockey. And then the Wild gave him a hard time and he changed it to Crease and Assist, like cease and desist. You know, so he turned it into that to make fun of the uh, Minnesota Wild with their cease and desist demands. <laughs> Derek Felsket gets things going. <clears throat> he lives in western Wisconsin. He's a teacher there. But, of course, he's very much 100% Minnesota-born and a Minnesota guy, Minnesota fan and all that. <clears throat> he says, our three-year extensions to Merrill and Greenway, I mean, are the three-year extensions to Merrill and Greenway going to force the team to make additional painful choices beside the fact 
the number 11 and 20 buyout crunch starts next season, are they absorbing needed cap space to sign unrestricted free agents and restricted free agents next year? A little bit. <clears throat> a little bit. There must be some kind of plan. Uh, obviously, he's he's, he's got to have some kind of plan if he was uh, him being Bill Guerin, he was willing to do that. Because uh, Jordan Greenway's going from 2.1 to 3. So basically, it's a $900,000 increase. So instead of just saying bye-bye Greenway and then saving 2.1, you increased by 900k. It's not the biggest increase in the world. Rats four millions coming off the book. Kevin Fiala's, how, however you look at it, his 5.1 is coming off the book. So you do look at it that way. That 5.1 is coming off the book. So if you're going to resign him to seven million, you're you're increasing the cap hit by the overall cap hit by two, of course, rather than just seven getting added. That's one positive way to look at it. Nico Sturm, if you you know, it's more like the roster spot than cap space for him as he's an unrestricted free agent. Because anyway, I was going to get into this, so I made sure this was pulled up and ready to go. Seven point two five, seven hundred twenty-five k, and he's an unrestricted free agent, of course, because he's twenty-six already. Um, interesting situation. Alex Golagoski, maybe you just let let him go, or unless he wants to sign for very cheap, like two million a year or something, two years, two million, or some something like that. You might end up having to let him go, which would be possibly a painful loss. Uh, Jordy Ben, I think there's very little chance he comes back, but I guess maybe. But I think there's enough defensemen in the grapevine that could deserve to at least be part of that seven defensemen deal. Um, Dumba, obviously, he's an unrestricted free agent after next season. And a lot of people see him as possible trade bait. It's just, again, he's got that A on his chest. It's a permanent one. It's not temporary. Well, permanent until he gets traded or leaves as a free agent anyway. But, <laughs> or he does play the rest of his career here. Who knows? Um, they love him. The players love him. He, most, some of the fans love him. Not everybody. <laughs> he's obviously a valuable piece in the locker room. He does have that dumb bomb, the powerful shot, as they call it. Is it... Is he an integral part of the team? I don't think he's that great. I, I, I obviously it's like a personality thing. So that's 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 a tough situation. Obviously, I'd rather have Fiala than Dumba. If I have to make a choice, I'd rather have Fiala than Dumba. And I think there is an incredible amount of depth with defense in the grapevine. For goal scorers, they're just. They don't grow on trees, man. You know, and <laughs> that's why I keep coming back to keep Fiala versus uh, Matt Dumba. Goal scorers like Kevin Fiala do not grow on trees. They just don't. Obviously, the skating ability and all that. And I think he's becoming more and more of a leader than people might want to believe. Bugle's most likely gone. He almost has to be now. Obviously, make space for the team and all that. 900K is not going to save anybody. But when you add it all together, it eventually does. And Connor DeWeer is here to stay. i got to think for a while at a cheap deal. I don't see Connor DeWeer ever <laughs> demanding a huge amount of money unless he really surprises people here. Unfortunately, after next season, not this season, but next season, Matt Boldy's already a RFA. R. So at least he's not uh, anything beyond that. DeHaim was is a RFA with uh, um, arbitration eligible. So here I go going forever on this question, but because, hey, once you bring up the cap, I figured i got to talk about this. It's a huge piece of things here, and I still got more to go. I'll, I'll keep moving. I'll come back to that shortly. But it is interesting, interesting stuff to talk about. It really is. So, 
Kakinen, okay, yep. Uh, Derek kind of continues the uh, restricted free agent conversation. Kakinen and Dewar are restricted free agents this summer, and Sturm, Jordy Ben, Victor, Vrask are all set to be UFAs. Which two do you keep? Which would you let go or trade if possible? Kakinen and Dewar keep. Uh, the others are gone, I think. And I hate saying it because I love Sturm. I'm okay with Ben. Rask, it's, you know, it is what it is. But Kakinen and Dewar are the ones that need to stay. I think Kakinen is an NHL goalie. There's no question about that. He's not real expensive. He, he could be, but he's not. I don't think he's in any position to demand a huge contract right now. But Kakinen needs to be with the Minnesota Wild for a while. For a while, if not a long, long time. Uh, Connor DeWer, you know, I can't imagine him demanding a whole lot. And I think he's a valuable piece. He doesn't score much. Eventually, you might have to decide between him and... Uh, Brennan DeHame, possibly, because of keeping Jordan Greenway. The conversation not too long ago was DeHame, it's DeHame or Greenway. And it's probably DeHame. He's, you know, he's a little younger. Zenith um, and Greenway, we kind of know what we have. DeHame, there might be a little bit more, a little bit extra there. Honest to God, the both of them could be middle six type of uh, forwards. They have the ability to possibly even play up on the second line at times. Both of them have the talent. Um, Jaheim has struggled lately, though. There's no question about it, but I guess you could call that the rookie wall. But gun to the head, of course, and it's not that, you know, honestly, I wouldn't need a gun to my head. <laughs> Kakan and Dewar are the two The two I would keep. Um, the others I would let go or trade if possible. Yes. Um, yeah, it is what it is. I think Sturm can be traded. I think a lot of people like him, and maybe he might be the guy that gets traded, and it's sad, you know. I, you know, the whole combination of Sturm and uh, Bukestad. I, I love those guys, but that's the sad truth of that, that. That you know, it's business is business type of thing. It's sad. Derek continues with another one that's similar. Uh, should the Minnesota Wild go for a rental of a top six center like Claude Giroux or Thomas Hertel, <laughs> or is the future cap crunch, nice prospect pool, and full allotment of draft picks too important to compromise? for what could end up being another Martin Hansel situation. And you hope to God in heaven that that wouldn't be the case. I would hope Giroux and Hurdle are better than frickin' Hansel. That was just awful. He sucked. I mean, he sucked. And it was like right after that, it's like, how he's, you know, he doesn't even NHL material anymore. He just, God, he sucked. And of course, the chemistry was killed. And it was, what was the guy's name that we got also? Was it White? It's not Todd White. He was a decent player, Todd White, back in the mid-2000s, like 06. Of course, nobody's heard of him anymore. Like, like I remember first seeing his name, like, who the hell was that again? And he was like our second, third leading scorer. That's how weird the Wild were around that time. Um, I love our prospects. It'd be really hard, but eventually it's going to it's gonna get a little bit... See, there's the cap crunch, and then there's the prospect crunch as well, where guys like, you know, <clears throat> dare I say... Kalen Addison and formerly Brennan Mennell might be getting frustrated because they're stuck in the AHL just too long. Like, they need to get up here. They need a shot. Brennan Mennell had a little shot, and he did absolutely nothing. Addison, you can see there's something. There is NHL in Addison. Um, so there's the, there's the the that's the other thing for me, the prospect crunch as well, where guys need to get up here. So it's kind of cap crunch versus prospect crunch. Like, something's got to give with that. I think the Wild could make a move for Giroux. Hurdle would probably be a bit more. Uh, he's certainly younger and all that, which is great. But 
than the cap crunch. You know, like, what more can I say about that, right? The cap crunch situation would be tougher. I think Claude Giroux is the safer one, and he's definitely had leadership skills, and you got to think he's hungry for a playoff run. So if I made it, if I was able to decide on which one I would try to go after, it'd be Claude Giroux in that situation. Um, and again, it's a combination of crunches that they have to weigh out, and that's why they make the big bucks, I suppose. Ooh, a video game one. Here we go. I, yeah, these are fun. I love, obviously, I love the hockey conversation to death, but it's fun to throw in some of that retro game stuff too. It's, it's hilarious because it just adds, it's just, it's just another tentacle to the show. Derek Bell's got the release of E.T., the extraterrestrial, the extraterrestrial for the Atari 2600. It's said to have been a reason for the video game crash of the 1980s. Yep, the 1983 infamous video game crash, which, which Minnesota Wild draft pick was their version of E.T. that caused long period mediocrity. What an awesome... What an awesome question. See, now that is cool. The E.T. crash for the Minnesota Wild. That might be Ben Wapulia. It might be. Otherwise, um, oh, man. There's a couple you could consider that. Let's 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 back up here. Let's go down back in the day. I'm glad I always have this pulled up anyway because that's how I can look at prospects. I mean, A.J. Thielen never he even got kicked off Michigan State. He was so bad. They just kicked him off. You know, th think about that. Um, it's nobody in the first three years because, you know, they had Koivu, Yabrik, Koivu, Pierre-Marc Richard, and yes, Koivu is a debatable figure at times. Other people think he's a legend. I don't. Um, yeah, you go from uh, Gabrick, Koivu, Pierre-Marc Richard, Brent Burns, you know, okay, Burns ended up being a legend, like a Hall of Fame type of player with the Sharks. <clears throat> you know, he's the David Ortiz of the wild. So in a way, that's kind of a... That's an E.T. in terms of, like, yeah, he's the David Ortiz. He's the one that got away. Maybe not quite David Ortiz, though. He's got a couple cups to win to get there, uh, him being Burns. A.J. Thielen definitely set things in motion because, like, we got nothing out of that draft. Like, Ryan Jones played for a different team. You know, was at Edmonton for a few years. He was meh. Clayton Stoner was a very mediocre defenseman. Anton Hudobin ended up going on a cup final run with the Dallas Stars, <clears throat> not us. Played a couple games with us was okay. Ben Mapulia, in a lot of ways, I think, is that guy. I think he was the Atari 2600 because fourth overall pick. And, of course, James Shepard, ninth. And there's a reason why his name is on the most disappointing player of the week. You could even call it the Ben Mapulia because he couldn't skate. And that kind of set things in motion into the mid-2000s and beyond as you had a fourth overall freaking pick in 2005. Ugh. And obviously, Carey Price, you know, so Carey Price would have been the next guy in that draft. He was pretty good. Anze freaking Kopitar or Carey Price, make your pick there. You have a franchise center who won multiple cups with the LA Kings, and he was unbelievably still good. He's still good. Carey Price, an excellent goaltender, franchise goaltender forever. Um, and unfortunately, he had injuries at times, but still, I mean, just those two guys right there. That's your Atari, is your Atari, your Atari, your E.T. is Ben Wapulia. Ben Wapulia is the E.T. So, long story longer, that's the one that caused the crash because you could have had Anze Kopitar, a franchise number one center, or a franchise number one goalie. Instead, you took Ben Wapulia, who at best was a third line center forward for the Edmonton Oilers, not the Wild. <clears throat> Next. Derek says, looking at the Minnesota Wild organization from its current lineup to its prospect pool besides the top six center, what position player, position or player type do you feel is the greatest area of need? In other words, if you're Judd Brackett, what type of player are you looking for? 
So is this going into the draft? Top six center. What position do I feel isn't heated? Well, that kind of covers it. Obviously, you got the goalie of the future, and you have other prospect goalies that could be something, maybe, that Hunter Jones, you still have Kakinen. So I think goalie, I think you're okay at goalie. I mean, it wouldn't kill them to take one more just in case. Center, I mean, I think that's pretty much what it is. You're very deep at uh, defensemen. So I guess right wing. I guess right wing. That seems to always be a, a thing of need. There's, all, it's, I guess it's the right wing position at the end of the day because you have a million guys that uh, shoot left in the organization and some of them play on the right side like the Fialas and such because they prefer it. Um, this and that, like Zuccarello and Fiala. But Fiala might not be here forever. Zuccarello probably won't be here forever either. He's heading into his mid-30s already despite how great he's playing. So I guess right wing at the end of the day. Next was, uh, here we go. This was, I like this kind of question too. The Washington football team announced their name as the Commanders. Yep, the Washington Commanders, the NFL now, which to many seems a bit lame. What current NHL team do you feel has the lamest, has the lamest name and why? Any defunct NHL team names you wish were back? Oh yes. Yeah, there's a lot. Um, this might take a second here. <laughs> Well, as for defunct names and such, Minnesota North Stars, of course, that's at the top, but you probably figured that a million times. But there's a, but for other ones besides the Minnesota North Stars, the Hartford Whalers, God, yes, the logo and the name, the Quebec Nordiques. I could go on forever. The Atlanta Flames. Yes, the Atlanta Flames, Quebec Nordiques, and the Hartford Whalers. To, to pick one out of that three is almost impossible for me. Um... As simple as that Atlanta Flame logo may appear to be, it is the coolest thing ever. It is so cool. Uh, the Whalers, it is just, you know, the W and the Whale Tail and the hidden H in the middle. Man, and the Quebec, that one's the kind of the weirdest, the most complicated, but it's uh, not complicated, but strange looking. But it's just, there's, it just has a charm, you know, to it. You know, it's kind of like an Atari 2600 in a way. It's got the charm that'll never be matched. Um... I, I can't pick. I can't pick between those three. I can't do it. The lamest, the lamest, well, the current and past. Mm. I love the Arizona Coyotes. I think that's one of the cool ones. And obviously the current, the current slash retro original is nice. Buffalo Sabres is nice. Mm. Oilers is kind of a lame name, but it's got so much history to it. I can't really get mad. Um... Columbus Blue Jackets, you know, that's like Civil War history. That's cool. Senators isn't always the coolest name, but then again, it kind of is. Any Capitals, I think, is a lame name, and that might annoy some people, because. but Capitals, like, there's not really much to it. There's not really much to that. See, Golden Knights, it's, it's knights in armor, you know. Canucks might be kind of a lame name, too, and that might really annoy a lot of people, because it's just, you already have the Montreal Canadiens, now you have the Canucks. It's like, Okay, you're Canadian, we know. Uh, Maple Leafs could be considered a lame name, but it's there's so much history with that one and the Canadians. Oh, man, so it's kind of between the Capitals and the Canucks, I think. Because, I don't know, I can't really get too mad at some of the others at the end of the day. Uh, the Dallas Stars logo is pretty lame, I think. I think that's the lamest logo. And uh, at the end of the day, I think I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with the uh, 
God, it's so hard between the Canucks and Capitals. So it's kind of a tie there at the end of the day. Those are kind of the lamest, I think, because it's like, woohoo. So Washington, yeah, like, so Washington's going to share the Commanders and the Capitals at the end of the day. Uh, Commanders, the name isn't that bad, but the new look is like, it's like, eh, it's like, it's worse as you might even have thought the, the Washington Redskins uniforms were boring. I think they're even more boring now. Uh, they're, you know, the Washington football team, it, like, it looked like a team from way, way back in the day and the numbers in the helmets, but that uh, could have been, it could have been a lot worse, you know. It was actually kind of good for just a football team name. Here's another video game one. Uh, if the Minnesota Wild were a video game box art, what two players would you have on the cover and what opponents should be shown to make it a real hit with Wild fans? Foligno will absolutely be on, say, it's Contra, because this is Contra right here with the two tough guys with the guns and all that. Some of it, yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger and uh, uh, Sylvester Stallone. That's kind of cool. It's obviously not those two guys, but it's imagining them there from like Predator and such. Um, with Contra, for Felino for sure, probably Dumba. But like Felino and maybe Brandon DeHame, something like that. Not not DeHame, Felino and Kaprizov, just because you kind of have to have Kaprizov there. But Felino has to be the other one, the tough guy with the guns and all that. And the opponent's. <laughs> just for the sake of all the years and frust- nope it's going to be Colorado I was going to go with Chicago Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves but it might be it's going to be Colorado right now especially because of current situation uh, McKinnon and Landis Gog for sure so there you go that was a quick one and that was a I think people would love that um, what's going on with Snyder here Snyder Steve Snyder was saying I'd like to see Sturm as a priority Ben and Raz can go. I do believe Kako, Capo, Kakinen, also needs to be a high priority as he has proven he can get the job done. DeWare is good but expendable. I don't disagree with that, actually. Um, I would love for them to also find a way to keep Fiala. Maybe difficult to do that, however. I don't really disagree with that, Steve. Um, Steve Snyder there. Uh, that's not a bad take because DeWare, he doesn't really stand out. Uh, Sturm sometimes does. You know, I think I might change my mind to that. That's a good one. I think you got me there, Steve. And I'm not kidding when I say that. Uh, Brian Herrera says, with the Wild setting the new template for team chemistry and being uh, about bleeping whining, Billy's words, <laughs> do you think that will put pressure on other men's teams in the state to do the same? Damn right, I hope so. Damn right, I hope so. Because I often play the famous line from uh, August 2020, from Bill Guerin, where he said, there's something rooted here that's not working. It's something in the culture, something we do every day, and we need to change it. I play that soundbite on every show, like Timberwolves and the Vikings, and of course, I would say that very much so for the Twins. Talk about rooted in the culture and something needs to change. I mean, it's a lifeless team, the Twins. Vikings were lifeless this year, so damn right, Brian. You you get a gold star for that one. <laughs> damn right. Uh, response, K-Fangirl, K-F-A-N-Girl says, oh, get that out of there, stupid thing pops in. Uh, it says, I can answer you, let's see, the Twins, yep, there it is, the Twins don't care about winning, they care that the public built them a stadium that people will go to even if the team stinks. Uh, I, I don't like to bash teams about stadiums, I'd love to have the stadium, <laughs> but at the same time, yeah, I mean, I can get your frustration there in a huge way, and it feels like the team doesn't care about winning. No, so I think you guys actually has a really good point. I think you have a really good point. Derek responds with, Outstate folks will love the Twins no matter how horrible they are. They want two World Series, end of story. They will follow them anywhere. Trade a true talent for some crappy minor league prospects. They're okay with that. It's crazy. 
And yeah, that's Minnesota sports. Yeah, but uh, her name is Jody Halvey. Uh, okay, fangirl there. Thank you. That was a good one. Jay Bushy jumps on board saying, with Greenway signing, the Wild keep getting closer to the cap. Who now goes uh, goes after the season to make things work cap-wise? Who, who now goes after the season to make things work cap-wise? Well, Rask for sure. Maybe Fiala and such. Um, I hope not Fiala, but Rask for sure. Maybe Dumba. Those are two at the very top of the list. That's that's uh, $10 million right there, if it was those two. Uh, K-Fed Girl says, I'd like to see us do the same thing with our cap that the Golden Knights will do with theirs. Uh, David Carrier says, uh, our carrier, says, what Dumba, or excuse me, Matt Dumba, I say his name because they have Addison replace him. I, I agree. Uh, Brad Ratkin says, what if they... What if there are no dance partners for trading Dumba? Also, why would Billy G give the A to Dumba and then trade him? I believe Garen likes Dumba. doesn't care too much for Fiala. Dumba is a leader and good locker room guy by all accounts. Fiala, not so much, maybe. And uh, retired Marine Corps staff sergeant. Cool, that's a nice one. Dumba is who gets traded, in my opinion. I'm kind of leaning that way. I'm going to follow that uh, retired Marine uh, Corps staff sergeant. I'm going to give you a follow there. <laughs> um... Give Brad a follow, too. The others, I think, are already... Uh, I'll follow all you guys. Why not? Um, yep, yeah, I mean, I'm leaning towards Dumba, but I, I get it. I, I, I get the locker room conversation there. Ugh, every time I bump something, it pops things up. Stop doing that. That's on me there. And the final one here, Brad Ratkin. Okay, he already... Yep, yep. yep uh, thank you, Derek. Derek shared that one so I could see it. Yep. So... I, I understand the whole Dumba thing and the alternate captain. I, I think Fiala has improved with leadership and, and all that in the locker room. I, I think he's improved quite a bit. I don't think he's really a... I never thought he was like a negative in the locker room. They seem to get a lot of them just fine. You know, there's no vibe. There's no bad vibe from him. So I'm not so sure about that. It's, it's just how much do they value Fiala. That's where it all comes down to. I'm thinking the odds are, yes, they're probably going to keep Dumbo over Fiala, but if it was me, I'd probably keep Fiala. Maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm an idiot, but I have a lot of confidence in the grapevine coming up at the defensive, uh, with the defenseman and all that. I think there's a lot of a lot of talent there coming up. So I did the plugs already. Thank you guys so much for the interaction. That's so much fun, and I really appreciate it in a big way. Hopefully, uh, Kirill Kaprizov and Cam Talbot had a lot of, have a lot of fun at the All-Star game and such. Things are about to get busy with the game reviews and all that, and I'm going to keep the fan interaction rolling. And if the fan interaction continues to grow and and the conversation continues to be awesome like it has been, uh, I'll have to I'll have to <laughs> I'll have to stop some of my babbling and some of those game reviews and previews a bit, which is okay. It'll just raise the just raise the value of the show. That's definitely a, a conversation that's been had behind the scenes here with a, let's just say a close confidant. <laughs> I'll, I'll leave it at that. Um, with that said. I'm going to encourage you guys to uh, call into the show. You you could do that. Audio submission route. Any smart device on the planet, open your free voice recording application. Press record. Treat it like a phone call. Uh, go for two to five minutes, whatever the heck. Even if it's 30 seconds, even if it's even if it's 10 minutes, if you have a lot of really good things to say. Uh, I prefer five, but if there's a lot of information or something that you have to get to, it is what it is. But pre preferably five. Uh, you would lead off the fan interaction segment unless I have to plug something first, but uh, preferably, yeah, I would I'd let you lead things off, and then I'd get to the Twitter and the hashtag BTWMN. 
Uh, it'd be great to hear from you. I would then convert the file into an MP3 file thanks to Zumzar.com. More than happy to give them a free plug because they give me a free service, which is awesome. And anybody can do that uh, with Zumzar.com. With that said, also, again, please give a positive rating on Apple Podcasts. Apparently, you can now on... Um, Oh, I'm forgetting. Uh, Spotify. Spotify. You can give a positive rating on Spotify now also. I didn't think you could, but you can now. Maybe they just started that a little while ago. Uh, so Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, and Stitcher. And those of you that have, thank you so much. And anybody willing to do that as well, please do. I'd greatly appreciate it. With that said, have a wonderful week. Stay healthy during this All-Star break, Minnesota Wild players. And people also as well, enjoy the All-Star break. And gosh, more games with uh, more nights with no games that drives me nuts but then but then <laughs> after next week it gets busy